0: super talk mississippi media production
1: this is gerard gibbert and thank you for listening to middays here on super talk mississippi
0: and now the moment you've all been waiting for welcome to real talk for real mississippians informed engaging and always brutally honest Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Supertalk Mississippi, the Supertalk app, and at supertalk.fm. And now, here's Gerard Gibbert.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the JT Show. Super Talk Mississippi, Gerard and Rhino in the studio on this Tuesday, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music. Uh, Ben from Madison's already texted in this morning, says, thankful to be streaming live this a.m. Appreciate that, Ben. Bob and Summit, already. Already on board, before we even came on the air, it uh, says, Gerard, is today's new COVID numbers the highest we've had in Mississippi since it first began? No. I don't know the answer. You don't think it is right I now?
2: don't believe so. I was looking at the the charts and graphs. It's the worst we've seen since the end, the, the tail end of the uh, the last surge right around Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. It's getting back towards those numbers, but it's it's not the highest.
1: 3488, that's not the highest? We had a, a greater number than that at some point? I, I'm asking. I re- honestly don't know. I, I haven't tracked it at that sort of level of granularity. But I believe today's numbers, isn't that right? Uh, let's see. It's what I, It's what I had. It's 30, yeah, 3488. I, I don't know. Honestly. It's it's a lot, even if it's not the highest. That is an awful lot. Oh, yeah. And, of course, reports are that all the ICUs are, are taken in the state. There's no ICU beds remaining. The uh, There are a number of patients that are confined to the ER because there are no rooms to transfer them to. So I, I think it's fair to say that... The gravity of the situation is real, in terms of stress on the healthcare system. That is that is accurate. That is real. And there's lots of discussion about okay, well, if we're out of beds, why don't we just go create some temporary facilities to accommodate the uh, the demand, the overflow, and you know we've had physicians even on the program discuss the distinction between physical beds and rooms in ICU facilities and staffed, meaning sufficient staff uh, to, to actually work those facilities, to attend to those beds, to attend to those ICU units. And that's a different matter. And so uh, just in conversing with those that are in the hospital management business, those are two different numbers. They typically have more physical capacity than they do staffed capacity. And so I don't think it's quite as easy as just popping up some uh, temporary physical facilities. Uh, uh, And consider this, that what it was last week, we canceled uh, orders from the Department of Health, right, that we canceled all... all, um, uh, elective surgeries that require an overnight stay so as Correct. not to consume a room. And, uh, and so that has allowed redeployment of some of the human resources to, uh, t- to just deal with the, the shortage of staff because those staff are not consumed with working those cases that are elective. Those procedures have been delayed. We, this happened last year, right? during the i think the initial months when the surge really got uh, pretty pretty high and hospitals were struggling
2: and yeah, I finally got that. the the chart for the cases by date to pop up, and okay. there was a rolling average the second week of January north of three thousand. so yeah we've we've had some days that were this high. this is concerning, but We've, we've weathered this storm before.
1: Yeah. So, we yeah, we've been at this level. The question is, is it going to worsen? I think the difference is that was more gradual, it felt like, back
2: then. Kind of. I mean, there were big jumps at that point, and it seemed to jump after, because you had the, the holidays of Halloween was a little weird, but you saw a small bump after it, and then you had a kind of plateau... And then Thanksgiving happened, and you had a big jump after Thanksgiving, and it kind of plateaued. And then as it started to taper off, you had Christmas, and then it was another big rise from Christmas through New Year's. And then you start seeing it taper off just a little bit that second, third week in January. And that's that's where I'm seeing about the same numbers that we have right now. Yeah. <sighs>
1: Well, it's uh, it, it's it's definitely a problem. It's causing concern. We've seen some some action. I believe Rankin County School District Pearl Schools, if I'm not mistaken, folks. This just released or just broke this morning. I'll follow up, but uh, they have gone to remote instruction. And have canceled in-person schools. In in-person school, I believe uh, that is the case. And this stuff is just happening at at breakneck speed as as uh, things evolve. And you know these folks that run the schools and the districts and so forth, they have to take action fairly rapidly and uh, to try to. Mitigate. So that's my understanding. Rankin County School District, Pearl School District, I think, as of early this morning or late last night announced they're going to Uh, in-person. I'm looking for some some details on that, but I I thought I saw the report come across on that. So, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what it is. My bad. My apologies. Please accept my apology. Masks are required. Masks are required for Pearl Rankin County School District as COVID uh, surges. So my apologies for that. They're not – they didn't transition to remote learning. They're still conducting in-person class, but masks are required. My daughter reported yesterday, first day of school, just on her kind of eyeball observation. She said everybody in her classroom, by the way, even though there are no mask mandates in Madison County, everybody in her classroom – Did don a mask, all her students. She said maybe five people in the whole school. It's kind of what she sort of eyeball counted. Uh, Not a precise census by any stretch, but did not have a mask on. I've noticed just going out and about the last couple of days, it seems like people are back to wearing masks again. Uh, That seems to be the majority uh, folks I see out and about. Went to the Kroger last night in Madison. I may have been amongst five people, ten people, maybe, that didn't have masks on. You get those dirty looks again. <laughs> you know how that goes. Uh, the thing that always shocks me is the people outside with them on. In their cars, by themselves, outside. I, you know, I try not to think. I guess negatively of people, but it does at least make you sort of crosses your mind, does it? Like, well, what are they doing? Especially that in a car. In a car,
2: like by themselves, like outside. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I, I kind of understand if you have, like, if you're wearing earrings, yeah, or, it, or you've got it situated with your hairdo or something, and you just don't want to mess with it, yeah, and you're comfortable with it. That's fine. But in a in a car. At least sitting in the car, you've got the, the rearview mirror you can use if you need to, or the fold. I mean, you can, you can fix yourself if that's the whole <laughs> point of not messing with it while you're outside. But but I like walking in
1: the parking lot, though, for, you know, 100 yards by yourself with a mask on and nobody within yeah. 100 yards of you. It, it's a bit silly. I, I, I'm just, I question that. Like, what exactly is driving you to do that? What are you thinking? Where, where did you come to that conclusion? Uh, and again, I, I'm i not, do whatever you want, I'm cool with it, uh, but it does, you can't help but stop and think about it, just to some extent. So, anyhow, uh, the 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 other sort of silly one is, they've got them on, the employees, where they're required, It work for establishments that are requiring masks, but they're on their chin, you know, like they're... Cooking over the deep fry or something like the got kind of beard. <laughs> I I don't mean to laugh, but like what is you, on call your chin. Them chin diapers? Chin diapers. <laughs> well, like what's that all about?
2: What You're, about you have it on your head? What about when you're
1: you're interacting with them and they pull it down and say, what would you say? And they get about six inches. That
2: that cracked me up all during football season because everybody on the sideline has to have a face covering, but then the coach goes to talk to anybody and pulls it down to talk to them and puts it right back up.
1: Well, what about the children in school? I mean, they're just sitting there doing all kinds of crazy stuff because it's on their face. It's uncomfortable. And they're children. They just, what they do. You just touch your face a lot when you're a kid. And even when you got a mask on, you probably do it more. Oh, man. What a mess. I hate the way this has divided our culture. I really do. Uh, Vaccines, masks, COVID in general. It's evolved into such a divisive issue. In in the meantime, we'll talk about this later. The Democrats are poised to pass a $1 trillion infrastructure bill. Coming up on the program next, Senator Bryce Wiggins. He'll talk about redistricting in Mississippi. Stay with us.
3: Of year with a special invitation to join us weekday morning six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three. You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Now, now,
0: onto the real part. Dino Mike on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back, everyone. The JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Joining us now on the line, Senator Bryce Wiggins. He represents District 52, Jackson County. He's the chair of the Senate Judiciary A Committee. Good morning, Senator. Thanks for coming on.
7: Good morning, Gerhard. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic. So it uh, cycles around again. It's time for some redistricting and... It is our understanding that uh, we've got some hearings. Have, have we had some hearings yet? Are they coming up? Where do we stand on that? And give us an update, if you would, please.
7: Yeah. So every ten years, uh, the under the Constitution, U.S. Constitution, we redistrict. Uh, and you know that was last year we did the uh, census. Yeah. That's why the census is so important. Um because it determines you know things like this, and so uh redistricting is upon us. yes, there have been hearings already, and we have uh a number of them scheduled. they are making their way through the state we've already had uh we've had three uh one in meridian Tupelo, and then uh let's see uh, uh, uh was last night, and right. then. There's going to be ones in Itabina, Starkville, Natchez, uh, Gulfport is August 18th, Hattiesburg August 19th, and in Jackson at the um, at the Capitol on August 23rd. And so those hearings are be held are being held so we can hear from the public. Um, and when I say we, I mean the Joint Committee on Redistricting. Uh, and in my case, um, I, myself and Dennis DeBar are the two Senate representatives from the 4th District. And um, the hearings are for us to get feedback. And then uh, we will begin the process of looking at the numbers. And we will first do the congressional redistricting uh, because, uh, as uh, Jim Beckett, the chairman, said, uh, qualifying for Congress starts in January, and so we want to get those done, and then we will uh, begin the process for the state legislature. And uh, just to kind of give a snapshot, the bottom line is that in terms of population, the uh, well, let me back up. In terms of population, uh, South Mississippi and North Mississippi have increased while the delta has lost population and the other parts of the state have have overall stayed the same.
1: Okay. All right. So then what happens at these hearings, senator? Who who can attend? Uh what's discussed? Who sort of sets the agenda?
7: Yeah, so um anybody can attend, they're open to the public and I would encourage you uh to uh go pull it up on the redistricting website the legislature website i will also post the hearings on my facebook and my social media um but anybody can uh, appear and uh can address the committee um i will just to give you an example in the the one that occurred in meridian which was the first one uh, former uh house member greg snowden addressed the committee And he actually was addressing it as just a citizen. And he's familiar, uh, obviously, with the process, and he talked to us Mm -hmm. about, look, their population has decreased in Lee County, I think, and he wanted us to make sure that, you know, they continue to have the representation that they have. And so, also, what uh, has occurred is um, we've had NAACP members speaking um, you've had uh, general members of the public. So it's it's anybody that can appear and address the committee. And really, um, it's a listening session, and we'll answer any questions that comes up. Um, I think one of the questions is that, that has certainly come up is, when will the final numbers be out? And the final numbers won't be out until in a couple weeks at the earliest.
1: Okay. Are are there any federal restrictions or mandates or rules, whatever you want to call them, regulations, that, that have to be considered when you're drawing the maps?
7: Yeah. So, well, there is, and that's called the uh, Voting Rights Act of 1965. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of confusion because back in, Uh, I think it was 2015 or 2013, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that what was called or known as the preclearance provision was either no longer needed or unconstitutional. And so that provision had required that all states uh, that were listed, and generally that was in the South, but also there were other states as well, had to get approval from the Justice Department. Okay. Well, well, that is no longer the case. The pre-clearance provision is no longer the case. But you are subject to the other parts of the Civil Rights Act, and that is such as the uh, the what we call the black voting age population, where that's going to be and how that's going to play out. And so, one of the things that we have to look at is what is the in our case, the black or minority population so that there's fair representation.
1: I see. I see. So And so for the benefit of our audience, this is how we end up with these sort of very oddly shaped uh, districts. Uh, I think I was looking at, um, oh, Big Country's district last week or two weeks <laughs> ago when I had him in the show. But he's got like this uh, fairly regular looking square with this giant finger that kind of juts out. <laughs> extent that looks like it's about a mile wide you know when you look at it so i mean that's how that comes about is that is that true
7: yeah no that's right and look there's other things that cause that but in short that's that's (laughs) it and and but look that's why we do this is because after 10 years districts the population has shifted and so you have to go readjust and um and it's it's that's why we why we do this yeah. but yes you have to meet those those guidelines and it's our job and i will say our duty to make sure that we can get as close to uh um as possible to fair representation
1: so what's the size senator of a house district in mississippi
7: okay so i'm going to speak in round numbers okay uh the average size or or the optimum size is around twenty five thousand people twenty five to twenty seven thousand and the Senate districts are fifty five thousand okay so so what we look at, and I'll give a for instance um, from ten years ago, um, but what you look at is you look at the population numbers and you see where they are in the current districts, whether they're over or above the current numbers. And so in in the case uh, before, what was Senate District 51, which is now represented by uh, Senator Jeremy England, which is really North Jackson County, Northeast Jackson County, yeah. they were over that number by a significant amount. So that geographically, that had to shrink to get to that 55,000 number.
1: I got you. All right, so that so that's kind of the the process. That's the that's the um, uh, that you guys go through. Essentially, the exercise and, really is trying to figure out how to make these districts kind of equal out to that optimum population size.
7: Right, and conversely, and uh, this is going to be the case in the Delta. You look at. Uh, you look at where the population is, and let's say, I don't know the numbers up there, but you take the di- the Senate District and the Delta, and they're currently at 30,000 people. Well, they need to get to 55,000 people as close within a, as we can, and so that district is going to have to be drawn geographically bigger.
1: Okay, I got you. All right, so then, when do you guys have to have this done?
7: Um, so we have to have all of it done it'll be done during this legislative session the lieutenant governor governor lieutenant governor hosman has said that we want to get the congressional districts done by the end of this year and okay. in, in 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 a lot of ways the congressional is easier because you're only dealing with four districts let me say that's important because we did not lose yeah. a seat this year um and so we look to have that done by the end of the year, and then by the end of the session, the redistricting to be done. And, look, there's always, uh, sadly, there's always lawsuits that get filed yeah. and everything like that, and we have to plan for those kind of things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Senator, appreciate you joining us today. That was very informative. Uh, that was that was good stuff, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon.
7: Well, I hope to, uh, hope to join you later. So thanks, Gerard. And, look, my prayers go out with uh, JT's family.
1: Appreciate that, Senator. Good talking to you, sir. We'll be in touch soon. Senator Bryce Wiggins represents Mississippi Senate District 52. Appreciate him coming on the program. We'll be right back on the JT Show after these messages.
5: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 20% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 96. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 76. A 30% chance of rain for Wednesday, sunny skies, high near 96. Wednesday evening, partly cloudy, low around 75. And for your Thursday, a slight chance of rain, sunny skies, high near 96. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip
8: difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com.
12: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Supertalk Mississippi News. The Mississippi Department of Health is reporting 3,488 new cases of COVID-19 in Mississippi. State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs warns that this will translate into around 500 new hospitalizations in the coming days. He said there are no ICU beds at levels 1 through 3 hospitals, with more than 200 patients waiting in ERs for a room. And Senate Minority Leader Derek Simmons says there's a reason he put out a public statement in support of Dr. Dobbs.
13: We, as legislators, started receiving a lot of calls and a lot of emails mm-hmm.
7: uh, petitioning for his uh, termination and i just thought they were unprovoked
14: uh, attacks on him
12: on him had come under fire for calling critics on social media anti-science nazis something he apologized for later his comment was shared by representative stephen hopkins who called on the doctor to resign i'm andy davis
14: Gentlemen, let's hear
0: it. Let's hear it. Now, 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 back to the JT show with Gerard Gibbert and Rhino on Super Talk Mississippi.
14: Mississippi.
1: Welcome back, everyone. The great David Bowie. The JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. On the CSpire text line from the 334. I'm one of thousands of long haul drivers who hasn't had a vaccine. The reason is that we don't know of any place to get my rig in where I can get a shot. I think the general public has forgotten about us. Well, you could. Uh, I'm assuming that you also have a a, a standard, uh, non-commercial vehicle for transportation. You you can drive to, gosh, any number of places.
2: Yeah, I was about to say. I've seen several rigs parked in the parking lot of Walmart or Kroger, and both of those pharmacies offer it walk-up.
1: Yeah, you could go, and there's plenty of plenty of free parking, as the ads like <laughs> to say. So, uh, I don't know. Seems like that's a would be a fairly easy
2: obstacle to
1: overcome. But th- this. But they was, are
2: right. There, there wasn't a trucker line at the at the National Guard set up. No, uh,
1: you're right. And where I went over at uh, the mall in Vicksburg, you went through a breezeway, covered breezeway. I don't think a big truck could fit
2: under it. Honestly, honestly. it would take the breezeway out. So. I uh, like that bridge that they have the uh, the camera set up on, the, the short bridge that everybody goes under and takes the top off their truck. Yeah. It's all over YouTube. And the camera captures it perfectly. I think they have like three or four different cameras all pointed at the same bridge because it happens so often. <laughs> I forget uh, where that is now. Yeah. Uh, I had a business partner that
1: was one of these um, high-speed boat racers. I mean, these like it's a different breed of people. 190 mile an hour on the water. These gigantic, really sophisticated, tricked up, fancy rigs. Well, you also, of course, have to have an 18-wheeler and a flatbed to carry it around. And he lived in Denver. It was part of our Denver operation. And he, But he would do a lot of racing. Uh, in the south, as you can imagine, where the water is, Florida in particular, and also in Arizona, I think Lake Havasu is, is a big uh, venue for those super high-speed races. It's a, hey, look, it's a, uh, it's a group of enthusiasts that have a passion for it, shall we say. And, and it's incredible. It's a little cottage industry unto itself. But anyhow, he told me that where he kept it in Colorado – that going to certain parts of the country on the roads, you'd have to go through tunnels, and you couldn't take it through the tunnels. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, I guess, meet the standards of what could pass through the tunnel. They had, to, so they had to circumvent the tunnels. He had a now he had a full time driver that did this for him. He would go in advance and wait for the driver to show up with his boat. But have you ever seen those deals? They up uh, like got only the propeller in the water, nothing else in the water. And that prop is being driven by jet engines, <laughs> and they're doing 190 miles an hour on the water.
2: Unbelievable. That's why I say they're a different breed.
1: Well, you know, he I will say this. He, he was, uh, again, very active in, in competition. But he slowed down because he literally witnessed his closest associate in that world flip and die instantly on the water. Because that's all it takes. If that thing flips, something gets awry. It's over.
2: Curtains, despite the fact, yeah, because like you were saying, you have only got the the prop in the water, so you have the boat sticking out of the water to a certain extent, and all it takes is the wrong wave or the wrong gust or something to get underneath it, and it's gone.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And of course, you're you know you're in the
2: the cockpit or whatever. Oh, yeah, they've they call got it. these crazy. Pods that they they build into the the cockpit that do the cr- their best. The crash suits yeah. and the
1: helmets and but this guy was a rock star. I didn't know um, when we bought the company, and then you look in some of the he shared with me some of the the periodicals for that industry. He's all over. I mean, he's like a rock star in that world. Pictures of himself in his office, you know, and those boats and they're incredibly impressive machines, and they cost a whole bunch of money too. Those oh, yeah. Are, those are seven-figure <laughs> toys is what they are on the Sea Spire Tech line. Did he ever take you for a ride? Uh, no. Uh,
2: <laughs> Pretty sure most of those are single-seaters. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I'm not getting in one of those dudes is kind of the way that works. Uh William and Brandon says maybe he Love's Flying J <laughs> Pilot Truck Stop should bring resources in for our national drivers. You know that's not a bad idea.
2: Oh yeah, you're seeing all kinds of incentive programs set up. I mean, you've got everything from in D.C. you had the get a shot, get a joint giveaway, yeah, which was just odd and. They've had incentives for barber shops to set up and, and give shots for a day just to raise awareness. I can see that happening at a at a truck stop or a way station.
1: Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And there's they're getting creative. So, uh, time off. Uh, you see lots of employers say so you get time off, extra vacation, but some are now starting to institute the stick rather than the carrot. You're seeing some employers have announced surcharges on your insurance, on your health insurance, surcharges, 50 to 100 dollars a month for those that are not vaccinated. This was a story that broke yesterday that I reviewed and uh, yeah so some of these companies 20 to fifty dollars I, I said a hundred but it's 20 to fifty and this was information that was that was dug up and reported by consultancy group Mercer interesting so and you start wondering how will this potentially affect health insurance and health insurance premiums and in the group market, for example, which is where you you get your insurance from your employer, in general, s- since 1996, since HIPAA was passed, uh, there's no waiting time to, to become uh, insured as an employer. Used to be, and there's no check on pre existing conditions. Used to be. And I'm not aware of any situations where y- you charge different. Premiums to different people. It's across the board to all employees, depending on if it's the the different um, categories. It's individual, individual and spouse, individual family, individual spouse family. Those are all different categories, and there's different levels, of course, of, of insurance depending on the, the the what your employer offers in terms of uh, deductibles and and coverage etc but nonetheless it, i think you're going to see you would you would just imagine some some adjustments in health insurance as a result of all this stuff i don't know what that exactly is going to look like it just feels like that's likely to to happen hmm. so the employers are saying the rationale for adding this surcharge to health insurance contributions for unvaccinated employees is seen as similar to that for tobacco use surcharge. And all employers don't do that. If an employee is unvaccinated and contracts a COVID-19 infection, that creates higher claims costs, which can impact the employer's bottom line, means higher future contributions for other employees, et cetera. As an employer, I've I've certainly experienced that. You, You can have a case or two, that has uh, exorbitant claims, and it, it does. It, it drives premiums for everybody. That's just the way group insurance group coverage works. And uh, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough, thorny issue to grapple with uh, by both employers and employees. So, hmm, interesting. Uh, let's see. Well, some on this, you know, the infrastructure bill. Ben talked about that, but we should because it's about it's poised to pass one trillion dollars in the Senate. It is uh, a piece of legislation produced over there, drafted over there in the Senate, and it's got a fair amount of Republican support. Last I checked, seventeen, eighteen. Now, somebody on the ceasefire text line says, "Will someone please contact Mister Wicker and have him help us understand why he supports?" the legislation last i checked he was not among those listed now that could have changed but yeah, that... i
2: haven't seen him in the the yes vote i did see where he voted on a procedural thing yeah that's just I think just that a... was to open debate yeah or that something. just advances debate that's not the final vote which is which i think that was in part to deal with the crypto it nonsense was. and that didn't even get dealt with i think Over 2,000 amendments have been offered on this thing.
1: It's a massive number of amendments, most of which, or I shouldn't say most, many of which deal with crypto. You know the reality is, though, Rhino? I bet there ain't five people in the U.S. Congress that could stand in front of either chamber and make two cogent sentences about what is cryptocurrency. You want to take that one? See if I can find that Ted Cruz audio. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. It's what he said. Oh, yeah. We'll take a break right here. We'll come right back.
13: Hi, this is Mark Shapley of M.M. Shapley Steakhouse.
17: that's right, school is back in session. That means it's time for our back-to-school super sale at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. That's right, school is back and so is carpool and traffic. We're here to put you into a new ride so you can get to school in style while saving your cash. Pay just $3.29 per month on the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross or pay only $1.99 per month on new 2021 Mitsubishi Mirage G4s. Plus, get a free 40-inch TV without repurchase. We want your old vehicle. Bring it in and we'll buy it even if you don't buy a new vehicle from us. Ridgeland Mitsubishi is the key. Of credits. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Our team of experts is ready to get you approved, no matter your past credit history. School is back in session, so come get your deal now at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Dine Road, call 896-9600 today, or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. The club stock number 1772, Mitsubishi 4 stock number 1795, 1999 down 39 for Once a year. Details tail food approved credit.
13: This is the opening agri market report. The opening of the New York Cotton Exchange, December cotton was up 137 to 92.27. March cotton was up 136 to 91.90. The opening of the Chicago Board of Trade, November soybeans were up 9.5 to 1339 and a quarter per bushel. January soybeans were up 10.5 to 1344 and a half per bushel. December corn was down three quarters to 5.53 per bushel. March corn was down a penny to five sixty three three-quarters per bushel. At the Mercantile, October live cattle was up 155 to 129.02. December live cattle was up 127 to 134.17. October feeders up 87 to 166.57. November feeders up 82 to 167.92. And at this hour, the Dow Jones is up 125 points, 35,227. I'm Nixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Mississippi Agri-News Network.
0: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi.
15: <laughs> Properly set. All controls before recording.
0: All systems closed. Now, 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 back to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert and Rhino on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi.
18: Welcome
1: back, everyone. The JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi on the C-Spire text line. Wicker was on the list this morning on wanting to vote for it. We can't find it. We, it. Rhino and I have both searched. So,
2: yeah, we were looking. There, I mean, there's been several lists put out of the yeah. 17 Republicans, and he's not on that list. And from what I can tell, they're still voting on it right now. It has passed the 51 vote threshold. But right, I don't even think they've gotten to Wicker on the vote yet.
1: I mean, literally voting on it as we're talking. But like, as Rhino said, it did eclipse the fifty-one necessary to to pass uh, in this case. So Mitch no, McConnell voted. Well, for it. hold on a second, Rhino. This may require sixty. This bill may require sixty. The reconciliation budget bill, the three point five trillion dollar measure, that is next. I I think this requires 60, if I'm not mistaken, in the Senate. So the list of 17, that's definitive of those who voted to advance the plan. Senator Wicker is not included in those 17. It is certainly possible that he did not vote to advance, but he could vote yay, on the actual measure, the bill itself, although you would think that'd be unlikely. So, what we'll do, folks, is we'll check this and see if we can get the actual uh, roll call, if you will, on how each senator voted. And in particular, we'll look for our two senators and determine how they voted.
2: Yeah, as of 1 minute ago, Vice President Harris announced the final vote 69 to
1: 30. There you go. 69. Wow. So it
2: I'm it, trying to find a list.
1: You would think there'd be 50 Democrats and 19 Republicans.
2: So that increased by 2 from the procedural vote, which is what we were talking about in the break is you would think the people that voted to get everything rolling would be the same people that would vote to pass it. Okay. Maybe a few drop off or a few added on, but it would be along that same line.
1: Yep. He was listed on national news, says William in Greenville. Well we're we're checking. We're looking. What national news, William? Help help us out with that. Uh, we we can't find it. Can't find any record of that. Not saying it's not true. We just at this point don't want to confirm that until we get uh, or or message that, present that until we get some confirmation there. So I'm all of my news sources that I've got set to produce notifications are blowing my phone up now because the Wall Street Journal just sent it, uh, that the thing passed, and let's see, Paula Meridian says, so is this where we pay for every mile we drive on top of gas tax?
2: That's one of them.
1: It's a, it is a pilot program. It is a scary pilot program, and and of course... I don't know that there have been any details released on exactly where that will be piloted. Maybe you've seen that, Rhino. I don't know that I've seen where the pilot would
2: exist. I finally found the list.
1: Okay, great.
2: The 19 Senate Republicans that voted yes on the infrastructure bill are Senators Blunt, Burr, Capito, Collins, Fisher, Graham, Portman, Tillis, Grassley, Romney, Sullivan, Crapo, I didn't realize we had that one, Murkowski, <laughs> Risch, Cassidy, Kramer, Wicker, McConnell, okay. and Haven.
1: Got it. All right. So Senator Wicker did, in fact, vote for it. So there it is. But Senator Cindy Hyde Smith did not, was not among that list. So he he would have been among the two, assuming that the list of those who voted, because it sounded awfully similar to the procedural vote list to me, yeah. when listening to you read it out, looking at that list. So they voted for this $1 trillion deal. Now, you know, when <laughs> this is the thing you always got to be leery of about government. When they say, oh, it's what it's paid for. By who? Yeah, the nonpartisan's Congressional Budget Office, which is tasked with scoring legislation, scoring from an economic perspective, scoring from a, what are the ins and outs from a money perspective, uh, standpoint, says this thing will generate a $256 billion deficit. Now, that's over 10 years because the, all these bills are scored over 10 years. What it fails to consider is that they they monkey with it. They, they play economic tomfoolery by setting end dates in the legislation on lots of this spending, knowing full well that when it ends, they're just going to extend it. But the scoring and the CBO cannot consider that, only can consider what's in the bill, which is, well, we're only going to do this five years, then we're going to cut it off. Right. That's what's maddening about all this. We're going to take a break right here. It's time for Super Talk News, Fox News, and then Richard Greenlee and Taylor Hicks will join us in the studio talking about an August 20th concert at Dueling Hall. That's coming up soon. Stay with us
9: News. I'm Lillian Wu. The attorney for New York Governor Andrew Cuomo pushes back as calls for his impeachment grow. Attorney Rita Glavin on the state attorney general's report on sexual harassment claims. It omitted evidence that undermined the narrative that began in day one on this investigation. Fox's Grinnell Scott.
19: Judiciary Committee Chair Charles Levine says members will get the state attorney general's evidence next week. Then we expect to hold public hearings after august the 23rd levine says they are weeks away from a recommendation to the full assembly the governor who says he won't resign will be allowed to submit evidence in his own defense
9: and a trillion dollar infrastructure bill is on track to pass the senate and the dow is up over a 100 points america's listening to fox news
20: Good Things with Rebecca Turner is brought to you in part by Trust Care, where you'll find a team of experienced, knowledgeable, and friendly staff. Visit TrustCareHealth.com to schedule an appointment today. Trust Care, feel better, faster. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus, or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most Dependable, Energy Star-qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420.
9: A proud provider of dream Home AC systems.
6: <laughs> Are you feeling it? dream <sighs> the new degree of comfort.
5: Gulf Seafood Outlet. Fresh Gulf Shrimp. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Fresh Gulf Oysters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Your fresh seafood headquarters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. I'm
12: Kelly Bennett and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. 3,488 new cases of COVID are being reported today. That could translate into around 500 new hospitalizations over time, and hospitals are already at capacity. The Department of Health says high-risk individuals could benefit from a booster shot if you've got a chronic condition that lowers your immune response. They're recommending you talk to your doctor. Ole Miss is the first team in college football to announce a 100% vaccination rate. Head coach Lane Kiffin is hoping that Mississippians follow their lead.
5: I think that shows a lot about their safety, but also their commitment to each other. You know, that not just protecting themselves, but to protect you know bringing something in here so that took a while to get to that point and i think it's really neat i think it's a really good message you know to the rest of the state and other people the rebels
12: open training camp over the weekend i'm kelly bennett <laughs>
19: The country's gold standard of ice cream flavors since 1969. Its hand crank taste takes you back to simpler times. That's why we put the word home
14: right on the carton.
12: When the economy expands, interest rates rise. But John Hairston, CEO of Whitney Bank, says interest rates are very low and confidence is high. We have essentially
17: almost as close as you ever get to a guarantee of an economic expansion for a year or two, certainly. There's also been all these tax incentives that were passed as part of various actions Congress took
3: that make it very beneficial for expenditures, particularly equipment related expenditures, this year.
12: A tropical system in the Caribbean is expected to get stronger and better organized. Some forecast models show it tracking near Florida and the eastern Gulf by the weekend, but it's still too early to tell what it'll do after that. It is forecast to become a tropical storm today. Jazz Fest in New Orleans is being canceled for the second year in a row due to the spike in COVID cases. It's being moved to April of next year. Ticket holders will be notified about the refund and rollover process this week. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett.
9: the things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
0: And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Welcome to Real Talk for Real Mississippians. Informed, engaging, and always brutally honest. Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Supertalk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at Supertalk.fm. And now, here's Gerard Gibbert.
1: Welcome back, everyone. The JT Show, Supertalk, Mississippi. Cruising right into hour two of the program on this Tuesday. So we're looking for our our guests, but uh, we'll break to that when they join us. In the meantime, we're just talking about this infrastructure bill. One trillion dollars does appear that Senator Wicker was among the yay votes. From information we have uh, analyzed, Rhino did that for us, appreciate that. It's uh, not really sure why, honestly. Uh, there, and there are questions on the ceasefire text tax line about uh, whether or not this is the bill that includes this pilot program. It is, it is described as a pilot program to tax drivers, motorists in this country, by the mile. So currently... When you go fill your car up at the, your vehicle, at the pump, there is a federal excise tax. That's just a, a flat tax, if you will, lev, uh, levied uh, per gallon. And those funds are used to support the nation's uh, roads and road and bridge infrastructure. The concern, of course, is if we start converting to electric vehicles, uh, the president, Biden, has called for... What, half the vehicles, I think, by 2031, 2030, 2031 in America to be electric-powered? That is kind of the goal. You're seeing every vehicle manufacturer, really on the planet, start to an- announce plans to make those transitions and to really boost their electric vehicle lineup, supplanting traditional Gas powered automobiles. And so, but this mileage feed deal, I did a little research on that at the break. First, this bill is 2,702 pages. And there is a section that, in fact, mandates that the Secretary of Transportation, that would be Pete Buttigieg, he, what does he like? Trains, right? He likes trains. <laughs> would work in. Uh, in coordination with the Secretary of the Treasury, that would be Janet Yellen, presently anyhow, and an advisory board, got to have the obligatory committee, they will establish a pilot program, and here's uh, the text directly from the bill, to test the design, acceptance, implementation, and financial sustainability of a national motor vehicle per mile user fee. To address the need for additional revenue for surface transportation infrastructure and a national motor vehicle user fee. Provide recommendations relating to the adoption and implementation of a national motor vehicle per mile user fee. So instead of paying for, the idea is, instead of paying for gas at the pump Per gallon, uh, per gallon excise tax, you would uh, pay this this mileage fee. So this pilot program is an opt-in, voluntary scenario.
2: Cuomo just resigned.
1: Wow, I'm watching. I'm watching on the TV. It's been going on almost since we've been on the air. That. He says he's about to speak.
2: Yeah, he. Uh, see if I got this audio to work. It looks like he spoke and is offering his resignation effective in two weeks. Let's see if I can get it to play for you, so you can hear. Can
19: help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing, and therefore that's what I'll do, because I work for you and doing the right thing is doing the right thing for you because as we say it's not about me it's about we Kathy Hochul my lieutenant governor is smart and competent this transition must be seamless we have a lot going on I'm very worried about the Delta variant and so should you be but she can come up to speed quickly And my resignation will be effective in 14 days.
14: Hmm.
1: Well, one thing that might be in play here that uh, I learned from a report last night, in the state of New York, in accordance with their law, once impeachment proceedings begin, he's out of the mansion. You're effectively impeached before they've impeached you. That's, Hmm. That's odd. So... You're not in charge anymore. Literally, the moment impeachment proceedings begin, the lieutenant governor becomes the governor. And I guess if you're not impeached, well, you're reinstated.
2: So I'm trying to think of what historical precedent set that up, but I can't recall anything. <laughs> me either. But I, I was astonished. I'm sure it had something to do with probably... Early 1800s in New York, that's what probably that sounds right. like. That's
1: probably right. You're exactly right. Uh, but check me on that. That's, that's what I understand. When you get a chance, uh, check me on that. But how weird is that? You're effectively out just by starting the impeachment proceedings. But it looks from all accounts, and he can read the tea leaves here, that the support for his impeachment is broad and it is bipartisan. In other words, he got no chance. He's a done deal. So, wow. Hmm. So we'll check that, get some more on that for you. In the meantime, if it's okay, I wanted to continue with this motor vehicle fee. So it is a voluntary opt-in program. They're looking for volunteers from all 50 states, uh, plus D.C. and Puerto Rico. They want drivers of both commercial and personal vehicles. But here's the thing: <laughs> these volunteers are going to pay the user fee, the per mile user fee. The federal government and part of the implementation of the, of the pilot is that it would simulate a production environment, as we would say in the software world. It's going to be exactly like it's going to be if you will, if you will, once approved and implemented and, and and becomes law of the land.
2: So they're asking you to sign up to pay more to drive your vehicle.
1: Oh wait, there's more. The government is going to refund those costs to the volunteers. <laughs> so they're going to levy the fee on you, you're going to pay it, and then they're going to refund it. I'm reading it from the bill.
2: That's like racking up a whole bunch of credit card debt to get the sky miles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is this crazy or what? So how are they going to do it? The list of approaches <laughs> mechanisms to collect this information uh, consists of six different methods, techniques, third-party onboard diagnostic devices, smartphone applications, Telemetric data collected by automakers, motor vehicle data obtained by car insurance companies, data from the states that received a grant under the FAST Act, FAST, I'm not sure what the acronym stands for, all caps, motor vehicle data obtained from fueling stations. How about that? But, of course, have no concern. <laughs> don't be concerned about possible intrusion of your privacy by the government. And what about this promise from candidate Joe Biden that no taxes would be increased on anyone making less than $400,000 a year? I guess they don't drive. It's to sound an awful lot
2: like the 2.0 version of Read My Lips, No New Taxes.
1: Well, it resulted on that person not winning re-election. Wow, it's just incredible.
2: It's not wrapped up in as nice a bow as that one was, True. but it's basically the same thing.
1: Same thing. And though I have not researched it, uh, critics have suggested that there are some thirty crazy taxes in this bill. Now I haven't looked at them, I and this is this is the sort of the one that's getting the most attention and the most focus, because it's just so crazy. Oh, man. Trillion dollars. Here's, and if you think this deal is something to be concerned about, and I think it is, Uh, the $3.5 trillion boondoggle that they're getting, they're just really just licking their lips about this one, baby. Rubbing their hands together. Can't wait to throw this one at us. It makes this look like petty cash. It is a tax-and-spend socialist boondoggle on steroids. And the Democrats say, we're going to pass that under reconciliation. Be damned, you Republicans. We don't care about your half of the country. That's what's on tap. We'll talk about that. But when we come back, Richard Greenlee, Taylor Hicks will be in the studio talking about the upcoming concert. Stay with us.
5: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 20% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 96. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 76. A 30% chance of rain for Wednesday, sunny skies, high near 96. Wednesday evening, partly cloudy, low around 75. And for your Thursday, a slight chance of rain, sunny skies, high near 96. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road, RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon.
11: I wish there was a place where we could sample wines before we buy.
6: There
16: is. Colony Bistro and Wine Bar just opened right next door to Colony Wine Market in Madison. They have 32 wines by the glass, wine flights, and the food is terrific. Yes. Get your purse,
5: sweetie. Hey, this is Bob. And if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
11: Hey, it's Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State, every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Come on. Come on. You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert.
0: All right, we are back on Super Talk Mississippi. Now here's more. (laughs)
1: Welcome back, everyone, to JT Show, Super Talk, Mississippi. Joining us now in the studio, Richard Greenlee, owner and promoter of Ratchet Entertainment Group, and Taylor Hicks, singer and winner of American Idol Season 5. Good morning, there, gentlemen. Thanks for coming in today. Good
21: morning. How are you?
1: Good morning. All right, so we got a big concert coming up that you're promoting,
22: that, uh, you, and you formed a new group with Taylor, is that Yeah, right? I've known Taylor for a while and I've been okay. trying to um, get something together with him and um, we were supposed to do it last April, 10th, Good Friday, but you know then COVID shut it down, but yep. it's a group fronted uh, by Taylor Hicks, it's called Taylor Hicks and the Delta Funk Revival of course Taylor's, um, you know everybody knows who Taylor is on, on lead vocals and harmonica, and yep. Patrick Smith from uh, Vicksburg, local boy pa- Patrick Smith's band, a lot of folks know him, great keyboardist, and then Jason Harrelson another friend of mine that plays the touring band called Hannah Pass, and I'd seen those guys play together. I said, "Man, we gotta get these guys together. It'd be great because Taylor in front of these guys would be awesome." So I'm doing it for a charity. It's all for my my nonprofit, Ratchet Y'all Productions. Is doing it for the benefit of the friends of the Children's Hospital. All proceeds go to the Children's Hospital, and Taylor's here to press day day to to drum up some uh, uh, hype about the concert next Friday night. August the 20th at Dueling Hall.
1: August 20th, Duling Hall. And so we should point out
21: that Duling Hall used to be an elementary school. It did. And part of Jacksonville. It still Public smells school. like an elementary school. <laughs> I, re- I mean, this is old school. has that old school, old yeah. smell. It's yeah, good and it stuff.
22: Does. it's uh, It's kind of a neat building, though. I mean, the architecture there. It's is, very uh, historic because, yeah. you know, Ardnode looked at doing some things with it and said, no, we've got to keep it. Gotta, it, it. It feels, got the old stage up there, the old pit drops, some stained glass in the back, kind of like you're in a church. We've got yeah. religious up in there. I mean, it's going to be awesome. Well, it's right next to the, uh, the big church there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fondren Church? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It was, and, it was the old uh, Dueling School. Then it became Woodland Hills Baptist Academy for a right. while. That's right. Before they moved that to you know Manchester yep. area. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. it's a great, great venue. Great had a lot of good acts there over the years.
1: So has uh, I know lots of folks that have been to events there, and I always have something going on. But has has the inside of that. Uh, that building sort of been renovated to accommodate concerts. Is uh, from an acoustics perspective, is it a good? Place I think to you play? could
21: do gr- Yeah, I think you could do some acoustic music in there just as much as you could do, you know, full band stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just got that. It's you, it's like it's it's like a grill. It's you just tell the place <laughs> is seasoned.
22: Yeah, and we've done a lot of shows there. A lot of sit down shows. I mean, I've seen Paul Thorne yeah. there. I've seen. I've seen, you know, seated shows in there, and I've seen, you know, hell, when Billy Strange came in last year in yeah. Kingfish, and you couldn't walk in there, and they yeah. were, it was packed. Todd yeah. Rundgren yep. played there mm-hmm. a few years ago. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Chris Robinson Brotherhood, hey, Chris, they always come through every year, do a great show there. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. All right. So, and, again, all the proceeds benefit Friends of Children's Hospital, right?
22: Correct. And I talked to Taylor about it, and he was all over it. And so, you know, it's uh, good to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so uh, how's
1: the concert scene been? I know you've had several at uh, th- throughout the summer,
22: right? Over yes. here at Renaissance, how's that been going? We had a great. Our last one was Friday two weeks mm-hmm. ago. The Revivalists had yep. a, a big crowd out there. Uh, awesome performance. Revivalists and Dumps of Thunk went went very well. had a, had a big crowd. People still love live music, and you know, so it's a, it's still out there.
1: No substitute. Z- mm-hmm. Zoom is no substitute, is it for for, <laughs> for concerts like it is when you're in person? Absolutely. So, Taylor, uh, what about your background? What got you interested in music? You're you're quite accomplished and, of course, went all the way there uh, on American Idol, season five, won the whole deal. And uh, so it, it's just always kind of been in your blood and something that just makes sense for you?
21: Yeah, um, I started, you know, st- everybody's kid can sing, um, <laughs> you know, and is a great singer. And <clears throat> but I started, you know, learning instruments, you know pretty early on and you know once you teach yourself you know two or three instruments and then you start writing then it's then you start realizing that that might be a calling you yeah. know and i think god had planned for me and um you know i've just i carried it through you know i was i come from a pretty practical family background and uh you know that i was the butt of the thanksgiving jokes there when <laughs> i was up until my early late 20s but, uh, you know, I had a vision. I had a vision as a kid to, you know, I studied a lot of great entertainers, a lot of southern soul entertainers. Um, and, you know, the Idol thing happened. I was in Katrina, and, um, you know, one thing led to another. I ended up in Las Vegas on a whim and, uh, you know, decided to go down and get in line at, at 3 o'clock in, in the morning and try out for Idol. And I guess the rest you can Google if you want.
1: <laughs> so you've also... uh <laughs> You've also uh, performed as an actor as well.
21: Yeah, uh, you know I think once you know when you get into this business, um, you know you don't you don't say no. Yeah, you know I think when you start saying no to things is when you uh you, you see you show yourself to the door, so to speak, really um, so I think in this business you know i mean i 've never taken any formal acting lessons, but I did kind of you know have this a little bit there was a little bit of a character there on Idol you know that that yeah. connected yeah. with middle America, which I was very happy about but um yeah i 'd done some acting, yeah, I did a, a show over in Serenby, Georgia. Uh, where I played the old Jimmy Stewart part of uh, shannon uh, shenandoah on uh, charlie really um, and uh, you know that that was a really that was a really f- uh, successful Broadway show, yeah after the movie um, so i that was a very serious role. I had some children die on the farm, and uh, I went you know I, I went from Teen Angel on Broadway I did uh, Teen Angel on Broadway in New York. Um, to uh, Charlie Anderson which were two completely different roles but yeah I've started doing some acting and some auditioning and you know it's funny I think about my career I mean it you know it, the way that this crazy it business of show can go is that you can start at the floor of Emma and end up on the silver screen. You know, you never. I <laughs>
1: that's mean, a good it, way to describe it. You never
21: know. You have no idea <laughs> what's going to happen AMMA. next.
1: All right, so Teen Angel. That's from the Broadway musical Grist, Grease. Yeah, right? Grease. Yeah,
21: how about that? Did that yeah. that's did, really uh, cool. Did Teen Angel and uh, uh, on at the Brooks Atkinson Theater in New York for about four months, and then. They asked me if I uh, would take it on the road, and uh, interestingly enough, during my, uh, during my bit, uh, I actually was suspended 40 feet above the stage in an ice cream cone. Oh, my God! <laughs> so I, I would pop out of this ice cream cone, and uh, they asked me if I wanted to take it on the road. I did 576 Broadway shows, gosh. and uh, they asked me if I wanted to take it on. I said, yeah, but you know, if I, 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 the cone has to go with me. I wasn't about to, die, you know, the, the ice cream cone has to, has to go because, you know, it, it was successful. It communicated, um, you know, which I'm thankful for. I'm, I'm blessed. I've had some opportunities and have took them.
1: Acting or music? What's your preference?
21: Well, music's kind of, you know, music's obviously, you know, it's kind of my wheelhouse. It's what I've practiced. I love doing it acting is uh acting's kind of a new thing yeah you know it's kind of a new a new shiny toy so to speak <laughs> that i like to play with um yeah. but both uh you know both there's a, you know are, is an integral part of of who i am as far as my you know the arc of my career goes so I'm, um you know at this point you just you just kind of just hope for the best and and never say no
1: yeah so, someone uh, on the ceasefire text line, Derek in Greenwood, wanted to know how it was golfing with John Bell of WSP and the coaches.
21: Yeah, I I, I kind of helped put that together. I, uh, uh, you know, John obviously is a big golfer, and yeah. uh, I try to go down and do his charity event. Hannah's buddies down in uh, down in Orlando, and I couldn't do it the last few years because I had s- some stuff going on, but uh his their tour manager is a really good friend of mine and uh i I just kind of put two and two together and said um, you know asked him if he wanted to come and uh if he 'd be interested in doing the regions and um it was it was it was great we had a great time uh you know um, playing with all those coaches and seeing all those coaches and stuff is always neat because you get to you know, you get to hear them cuss at the golf ball, not at the, <laughs> not at the athletes. Uh, Derek you know?
1: sent a photo. Looks like uh, Kirby Smart and uh, Nick Saban in the photo as well.
21: Yeah, Is yeah, I right? think that was where the uh, Kirby and Nick. Um, you know, we were all uh, we somehow kind of. I tell you what, they were all get, they all got mad at us because Kirby and and Coach Saban started yapping <laughs> about something, and then. Uh, John Bell and I just kind of sat there and listened to like them, him, and Hall, and then I think we started holding up all the groups behind us. So uh, you know, I think the marshals were were ready to kick us kick our butts off the course. But uh, yeah, those are always fun events, and and you know, interestingly enough, to tie everything in, uh, uh, you know, we uh, it's for that was for Children's Hospital of yep. of, uh, of Alabama, and now this is the Children's Hospital of Jackson. So this is a
22: Tell us again, Richard, uh, the date, time. August 20th, Friday night, uh, 7 p.m., their VIP and general admission. Tickets are at ardenland.net. All tax deductible. Great, great show. Great, great charity. And this will be Taylor Hicks and the Delta Funk Revival. Yep. Great band. <laughs> there you
10: go.
14: There you go. <laughs>
1: That's so awesome. (laughs) Appreciate you guys joining us today. Thank Uh, you. Sounds like it's going to be a fun time. It's
22: going to be a really fun time. Talk to you all soon.
1: We'll be right back on the JT show. Stay with us.
3: Shark Tank's real estate tycoon, Barbara Corcoran, only recommends Lee Garland in the Jackson area. Lee Garland is the number one real estate team in all of Mississippi, as published by the Wall Street Journal, directly responsible for helping over 9,000 families reach their real estate goals. That's over $1.25 billion in real estate. And those hard-to-sell listings, they just make the elite team even more motivated. Success stories like Stan and Northeast Jackson, Lee puts superior marketing strategies into gear. Guided stand with advice on preparing his home for market and is sold within 48 hours for the asking price. And in those cases where real life happens, Lee will let you out of your contract at any time or will give you an instant cash offer. No showings, repairs, or hassles. I wouldn't recommend Lee Garland without personal experience and a long list of outstanding, satisfied clients. Call Lee Garland Group today. EXP Realty at 601-983-1130. Visit LeeWillBuyIt.com and
18: That's five months before your first payment and still 0% interest. You don't want to miss out on this opportunity to own the mower that landscape professionals purchase two-to-one over the next best-selling brand. So stop by Frederick's Sales & Service on Old Highway 471 in Brandon and let me or one of my experienced staff help you find the Exmark mower that best suits your needs. At Frederick's, we are the Exmark experts. 26 years of award-winning selling, servicing, and supporting our customers with legendary Exmark quality. Frederick Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment. Serving Central Mississippi since 1993.
12: 3,488 new cases of COVID are being reported today. That could translate into around 500 new hospitalizations over time and hospitals are already at capacity. The Department of Health says high-risk individuals could benefit from a booster shot if you've got a chronic condition that lowers your immune response. They're recommending you talk to your doctor. Ole Miss is the first team in college football to announce a 100% vaccination rate. Head coach Lane kiffin is hoping that mississippians follow their lead
5: i think that shows a lot about their safety but also their commitment to each other you know that not just protect themselves but to protect you know bringing something in here so that took a while to get to that point and i think it's really neat and i think it's a really good message you know to the rest of the state and other people the
12: rebels open training camp over the weekend i'm kelly bennett
23: MTV is celebrating 40 years, and Grammy Museum Mississippi invites you to explore the history of this iconic exhibit. In addition, join the Grammy Museum Monday, August 16th, for words and music by singer-songwriter Keith Seitz. And on Sunday, August 22nd, for MTV Stories on Screen, I Still Want My MTV, featuring post-screenings by director Patrick Waldrop. For more details or how to purchase tickets for MTV Turns 40, I Still Want My MTV or other August programs, go to GrammyMuseumMississippi.org or visit Grammy Museum Mississippi on Facebook or
17: Instagram.
0: It's so awesome! You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert.
17: Come
7: on, let's get on with the show! Yeah.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
17: I got rice cooking in the microwave. Got a three-day beard. I don't plan to shave. And it's a goofy thing, but I just gotta say, Hey, I'm a doing alright. Yeah, I think I'll make me some homemade soup. Feeling pretty good and that's the truth It's neither drink nor drug induced, no I'm just doing alright And it's a great day to be alive I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes There's some hard times in the neighborhood But why can't every day be just
14: this good? Welcome
1: back, everyone. The JT Show Super Talk Mississippi. So it's big news. Cuomo stepping down, uh, but it was just reading the report. I didn't get a chance to watch his his uh, remarks. Now he's live speaking. By the way, but uh, the New York Post all over it as they always are. And they said it it was self-serving to the end. And that, I think, fairly accurately describes the embattled governor. He said, New Yorkers have always known he was a hugger, a kisser, but the lines have shifted so suddenly, this is what Cuomo says, you can't do that anymore, he said with a madman esque expression of shock. What's a little groping between a boss and his aide? You can't do that anymore? I mean
2: <laughs> His resignation has sunk my t shirt idea. What's that? I was just gonna put his quote, I'm not perverted, I'm just Italian. <laughs> I have his face on it.
1: Well why did it why why the resignation mess that idea up?
2: Uh, I guess it didn't. I guess no. I could still make money with it. Heck
1: yeah. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> the New York Post cover says Crid po- blah blah quid pro quo. There you go. <laughs> Say that fast. Um also did did research so with respect to this this uh uh situation where the governor is effectively removed from office once the proceedings start, specifically once charges are filed. That's easy. So, in other words, they get together and say, we're charging you. That's essentially the beginning of the proceedings. He's out, regardless of what the outcome is. So, (laughs) His odds, I think, of getting ultimately convicted and removed are quite high. The uh, Senate in the state of New York is controlled by Democrats. They hold 43 of the 63 seats. The magic number is 46. I, I don't think that would be a uh a tough hill to climb honestly there's just way too many democrats that have come out and said you're you need to leave i think every member of the new york congressional delegation right has come out and said he needs to he needs
2: to get out president biden said he needed to resign
1: yeah exactly so but i think he's going down in flames he just refuses it appears in his self-serving resignation to acknowledge any wrongdoing. It's just unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. Derek in Greenwood, by the way, says, Thank you, that was awesome, referring to Taylor Hicks' uh, brief uh, harmonica performance. That was pretty cool. I didn't expect that, man. He pulled that harmonica out of his out of his, uh, his pocket.
2: I saw him kind of fiddling with it, so that's why I was trying to ride the, the music a little lower. I was half expecting him to pull it.
1: Well, it was... Uh, It was loud in my ear, but uh, fortunately, it was uh, very pleasing, (laughs) so you don't mind it being loud when it's not junk music, right? That was obviously showcased just in a small way his enormous talent, so appreciate him coming in. That's that's pretty cool. Man, this is uh, just a mess, though, is it not? Uh, With respect to Cuomo, what a fool. He says he'll step down in 14 days. 14 days. We'll see where that's going. Gosh, how how can so much stuff be going on at the same time? You got him stepping down. That's obviously moved to the top of the news pile. But an hour or so right after the Senate passes this $1 trillion infrastructure bill that includes this goofy mileage fee, And so, just to recap that again, you pay the fee, and then somehow they refund you. Who's going to sign up for this? I told Rhino at the break, let's go get all the climate nuts and make them sign up for this. They're the ones that ought to be first in line, willing to pay. Pay their fair share. Here's a way to do it. Right here. Put your money where your mouth is. The climate zealots. You probably saw a report released yesterday by the UN regarding climate change. Pretty much said it's done. It's over. Too late. I mean, really. Said have little, little time to act. Said the Earth's climate is warming at a faster rate than previously thought and with greater and more widespread consequences. This just floated the boat.
2: In other news, Chicken Little says the sky is still falling.
1: <laughs> this absolutely just made these climate... It re- really, their wealth redistribution advocates, zealots. It, they got euphoric reading this report. This just opened the door for that. And, of course, they're pointing to the wildfires and the heat dome across the northern part of the country, the flooding, all of that is a direct result of man-made climate change, but this report is pretty dire when you read it. It's kind of depressing, honestly. Uh, you know, I'm not an expert on all this stuff, but why can't we get consensus on sci- from science? Is that just not the way that stuff works? It, there's no consensus on this. It's, you well, could, there's
2: consensus on what gets funding.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
2: a good point. Uh,
1: which, which, By the way, there's like a whole bunch of money in this uh, infrastructure bill for charging stations for electric vehicles. And if I'm not mistaken... The other thing that uh, is rather disturbing, that in this bill, let me make sure I get the number right, the word equity, which is always something that makes me pause, it it exists in the bill a, a whole bunch. Uh, yeah, here we go. Sixty-four times the word equity occurs in this 2,702-page bill. Equity. Which, of course, to the left means equal outcomes for everyone. That is classic Marxism. Yet, they get offended when you refer to them as Marxists. They won't accept that. It's in there 64 times. And along those lines without a lot of fanfare, the Oregon governor signs a bill suspending math, reading proficiency requirements for high school graduates. They said that 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 is in an effort to achieve equity. That such requirements are racist. We keep Really diluting the standards of performance and excellence in this country. We keep supplanting our achievement merit based society to one where outcomes are determined on the basis of one's physical characteristics. We just keep doing it every day. So We already rank like, what, 37th in the world in terms of math? There's all kinds of reports on how school systems across the country are just totally catastrophically failing students that are graduating, can't read, can't write, can't do basic, simple math. Yet, these fools in Oregon, they come out and say, we're dropping those requirements. They're just dropping those standards. That is racist. You're basically saying, well, it appears that because so many of our minority students aren't able to to uh, eclipse those standards, to perform to those standards, we're just got to drop it. He said the new standards for graduation will help benefit the states, black, Latino, Latinx, indigenous, Asian, Pacific Islander, tribal, and students of color. It's... it's you just repeat, it's just a refrain, couldn't you? That's with that series in it. So you're telling those people, well, you guys can't seem to pass these tests, so we're just going to drop them. That makes everything equal. This is very scary how this is going on in this country right now, very disturbing. Yeah, they're messing around all right, as the song says by the great Ray Charles. We'll take a break right here. Come back. we got more to talk about.
18: Shake your leg and do the mess around.
23: I declare, do the mess around. Yeah, do the mess around.
13: This is the Midday Agri-Market Report. Cargill Incorporated and the investment firm Continental Grain Company on Monday announced they're joining to buy the Mississippi-based chicken processor, Sanderson's Farms, for $4.5 billion. Sanderson is already the third largest chicken processor in the U.S. behind Tyson Foods and Pilgrim's Pride. The sale will combine Sanderson's Farm with Wayne Farms, a subsidiary of Continental Grain, to form a new private poultry business. The announcement comes as demand for chicken products continues to rise. Sanderson Farms has 13 processing plants in Mississippi, Texas, Louisiana, North Carolina, and Georgia. The company also operates nine feed mills and 11 hatcheries and employs about 17,000 employees. Wayne Farms has 10 processing facilities across Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Mississippi, and North Carolina and employs more than 9,000 people. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Supertalk Mississippi Agri-News Network.
19: The country's gold standard of ice cream flavors since 1969. Its hand crank taste takes you back to simpler times. That's why we put the word home
14: right on the carton. Dog-
17: Bob Jackson.
0: You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk, Mississippi. They always say what they want. They're open about their
12: opinions. They're not afraid to say what they feel.
1: on the JT Show, Super Talk, Mississippi, Tom Petty doing that, huh? Green Onions, because I, I think that was Booker T and the MGs, if I'm not mistaken, was the original artist.
2: Yeah, that was uh, Tom Petty at a concert in Orlando, I believe. Wow. I, I didn't know that's one of those concert songs that they only play on the road. I got you. Never you. record it. I got you. Which Toby Keith had a couple of those, and then he wound up recording them. Oh, really? Like his famous uh, I'll Never Smoke Weed with Willie Again. That was a <laughs> concert song. You had to go to his concerts to hear it until he recorded it.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
2: Oh, geez. So, Or Garth Brooks' uh, mysterious third verse to Friends in Low Places. What's that that? was That was once a concert only.
1: Oh, what's the mysterious verse?
2: Well, there are two verses to "Friends in Low Places" on the original album. Okay, and then if you went to a Garth Brooks concert, there was an extra third verse that ended a little differently than the second verse did. Really? Oh, yeah. Are, are you gonna enlighten it's, us? It's on not that? radio friendly.
1: <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Oh man. Okay. In this. Uh, infrastructure bill, yeah, there's $7.5 billion allocated for electric vehicle charging. They uh, they, want, they want to add additional funding in that $3.5 trillion bill. And folks are rightfully asking, uh, are those charging stations going to be free? You know, I haven't seen any details on that, but I know that that is one of the areas that the bill really does discuss the need for equity. Remember, we talked about the city of Kansas City. They're going to be installing charging stations around the light poles, the the, uh, the utility poles. Actually, it's the light poles. I should correct that. It's the light poles operated by the city, not the utility poles operated by the utility providers. There would be a distinction there. But anyhow, the light poles in and around the urban area to provide electric charging for those that do not have garages. The homeless, they gotta have a place to charge their Tesla. That may be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. They said that it's, they've determined, I wonder how much they spent on this study, that the vast majority of people who own electric vehicles presently, which is like, what, five percent of the total vehicles on the road, they charge them in their garages or carports. Imagine that. That's shocking. Well, since the homeless don't have garages and carports, by all means let's give a charging station for their hundred thousand dollars Tesla. It's just it's mind boggling the stupidity here. Five hundred thousand charging stations is the goal. That would cost $15 billion. So this is really this $1 trillion bill that's got $7.5 billion. Doing the math there, I guess we're going to have 250,000 charging stations. You know, the thing that doesn't get talked about, it takes a long time to spend this trillion dollars. When you think about the procurement process and how long that takes, it, it's a long time. But now, it's appropriated, it's allocated, et cetera. But to just conduct a procurement, award the contracts, which, of course, is going to have to be all union labor, you're going to have to be vaccinated, or you're going to have to have some sort of testing measures in lieu of, and you're going to have to adhere to all sorts of diversity and inclusion and in what's called ESG, environmental, social, and governance standards. That is who will get the money. I, a non-union shop has got no chance. I'm not talking about just Davis Bacon where you've got to pay union wages, even if you're not a union shop. I believe at the end of the day, when this thing is implemented, it will, in fact, require all contractors be union shops, no matter what they're doing. But here's the question. Where the heck are the people going to come from? we got 10 million jobs open in this country right now. We can't get people to go fill them. Fourteen million on unemployment, ten million jobs available, and as we've talked about before, every every establishment you darken the door of's got a help wanted sign posted. Where are they going to come from? There ain't anybody, and the government, if they have their way, they're gonna they're going to implement more policies with more. Social welfare that's going to keep them on the sidelines. Super Talk News, Fox News, coming up next. we got a lot more to talk about. This infrastructure bill, Cuomo resigning. Wow, a lot of stuff going on. Also, something that just happened with respect to the NASDAQ and their board requirements. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson.
0: Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com.
9: This is a Fox News Alert. I'm Lillian Wu. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has just announced that he will resign after growing calls for him to step aside in the wake of sexual harassment accusations, insisting to the
19: end something he'd want his daughters to know. That I never did. And I never would intentionally disrespect a woman or treat any woman differently then I would want them treated. The
9: three-term Democrats' decision will take effect in two weeks and comes after New York's Attorney General released the results of an investigation that found he sexually harassed at least 11 women. And the Senate passes a bipartisan $1 trillion infrastructure package by a vote of 69 to 30, with 19 Republicans voting yes. This is a Fox News Alert.
10: Oh, according to research, 82% of people remember radio ads. So,
24: 82% of you listening will remember that this is an ad for ZipRecruiter. 82% of you will note that if you're hiring, ZipRecruiter finds qualified people for your job. In fact, 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And 82% of you will remember that you can try ZipRecruiter for free. But you have to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Yes, free. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com
3: slash free. Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to EatBasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basils.
12: I'm Kelly Bennett and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Annoyed by robo-calls? Attorney General Lynn Fitch is joining an effort to demand better protection
24: from the FCC. All 51 one attorneys general from across the country submitted comments to the agency asking that they shorten the deadline for smaller voice services to implement technology that helps to reduce and eliminate illegal robocalls.
12: Most of the 3,488 new COVID cases being reported today are in the unvaccinated. The small percentage of breakthrough cases typically involve the elderly or those who have weakened immune systems. But Singing River Health System CEO Lee Bond urges you to consider this.
24: We had an 18-year-old that had a heart condition. She had just lived, you know, they were very poor. Her family didn't realize it. She just thought that was the way it was. She had no idea she had a heart condition, and she did not make it with COVID. I'm Kelly Bennett.
12: Sanderson Farms will be acquired by Cargill and Continental Grain in a deal worth over
24: $4 billion. Expected to be finalized by the end of the year or early 2022, the deal will combine Sanderson Farms with Wayne Farms, a subsidiary of Continental Grain, to form a new privately held poultry business. Founded in 1947, Sanderson Farms employs 15,000 people across five states and operates four processing plants in Mississippi. It's currently the third largest poultry producer in the entire country.
12: Young Mississippians need to know how they can achieve the lifestyle and careers they want, Brian Miller with the State Office of Workforce Development says a good example is diesel technicians.
0: If you go down to Stribling or Empire here in the Jackson metro area, you go through the Heinz program that they have in partnership there and graduate, you're going to start making sixty, seventy
12: thousand $70,000 a year. There are an average of 500 job postings for diesel technicians in our state every year. I'm Kelly Bennett.
11: Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi, and I want to tell you about something new on the show. You know how much we love to grill and how much we love to talk about it. You're the exact same way, and so are our friends at Polk's Meat. So now every Friday at 520, we'll have some fun with Food Fridays presented by Polk's Meat. We'll talk about our favorite way to grill their delicious Polk's Original, Polk's Cajun, and Polk's Garlic and Green Onion Sausages, as well as other barbecue favorites. It's Food Fridays at 520, no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick polks. To all the
3: folks in the capital city metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, six till nine, Gallo show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. Who are you?
0: Welcome to Real Talk for Real Mississippians.
14: Okay, let's begin.
0: Welcome to the JT show with Gerard Gibbert.
1: Everyone, the JT show, Super Talk, Mississippi. Steve Perry and Journey bumming us into the afternoon here. So, it's been quite the eventful day, has it not? Cuomo says, My instinct is to fight this through. <laughs> what a fool that guy is. Speaking of fools, oh my gosh. You know, you remember that clip we shared not too long ago with the Australian uh, news anchor, the male news anchor. I love their accent. It's just you just listen to it all day. But <laughs> he, we it includes some uh, some text, some audio from. Say your name, please.
2: Greta Thunberg. <laughs> Thank
1: you. <laughs> And he just absolutely tears her to shreds in his analysis of her nonsense. Well, here's a female Australian anchor who has noted uh, something wrong in Joe Biden's math. Here we go.
2: Well, I had it, but then it decided it wanted to freeze on me. So give me a couple seconds while it reloads, and I think it's back going. Let's
9: cross to Joe Biden for this important update on the U.S.'s vaccination
19: rollout. This new Delta variant wave of COVID nineteen will be very different, to be able to deal with than the one that under that we under was uh, was underway when I took office. <laughs> the vaccination of the unvaccinated, you know, and it's needless taking a needless toll on our country. You know, we have. Uh, Roughly 350 million people vaccinated in the United States, and billions around the world. How, how many? How
1: many? Ba-
9: 350 million people vaccinated in the United States, Joe. <laughs> the population is only 330 million.
10: <laughs>
1: oh, geez, this is this ranks right up there with uh, Brian Williams <laughs> breaking news. Bloomberg has dumped 500 million bucks into his campaign that's a million dollars per every man, woman, and child in the country, like it was this huge discovery (laughs) oh geez, it's a buck 60 or something like that how can this guy get that wrong he doesn't even know he made the mistake I understand you look we we're all, we've all been there. You can I would
2: love to give them credit because it gave me a good old gut laugh, but I saw on Twitter last night while I was doing some show prep a a comment that is way too true. President Biden should just turn the teleprompter around and let us read it. We we'd all be better off.
1: <laughs> that's a good, that's a good way to do it. I totally agree. But Does it not bother you folks that when sometimes when these politicians speak about matters of which they have zero clue, they do it not from a perspective of just passing on information, but they do it as if they are the absolute subject matter expert. And that's what bothers me, I think, about the way he presents information and his his speaking approach in general is one that... I am the expert on all this. You just got to listen to me and just take it.
2: Speaking of a lack of experts in elected positions, here's yeah. that clip from Ted Cruz we were talking about earlier. You, oh, you I love really want to hear this. Yes,
1: yeah, great.
10: It's the number one barrier to blockchain adoption, according to 48% of respondents in a recent report. And they're right to be worried. The current bill widens the definition of broker. Those who would have to collect information on cryptocurrency consumers and report this information to the IRS. It would force every single participant in the cryptocurrency structure to operate as a financial institution, which would mean they would have to provide consumer information to the IRS even if they don't have access to that information. This overly broad definition of the word broker will block rapid innovation in cryptocurrencies, and it will endanger the privacy of many Americans in cryptocurrencies. This is wrong. So I applaud my colleagues for trying to find an incremental approach. Unfortunately, because the senator from Vermont objected that incremental approach hasn't been adopted. So let's exercise a brief shining moment of common sense. And let's recognize, if we gathered all 100 senators in this chamber and ask them to stand up and articulate two sentences defining what in the hell a cryptocurrency is, <laughs> that you would not get greater than five who could answer that question. Given that reality. The barest exercise of prudence would say we shouldn't regulate something we don't yet understand. We should actually take the time to try to understand it. We should hold some hearings. We should consider the consequences. We shouldn't destroy people's lives and livelihoods from complete ignorance.
1: (laughs) Uh, He's right. He's absolutely right. Now, he's not saying I personally... I'm a crypto expert, and these other people are idiots with respect to cryptocurrency. He's not saying that. He's saying this body, of which I am a member, shouldn't wander into the weeds of trying to draft legislation with respect to the cryptocurrency industry and taxation of it. Without having a clue, as he said, what the hell it is. (laughs) He's absolutely right.
2: It's like hiring Tiger Woods to be a NASCAR pit boss because he likes to go fast.
1: (laughs) Or Pete Buttigieg to be Secretary of Transportation because he likes trains. (laughs) I can't get over And he said that with a straight face as if you're supposed to absolutely okay well that, that I'm good then you're you're in you're our transportation guy because you like trains <laughs> Oh my gosh He's right but so that is true folks that there was a, a just a boatload of amendments offered to uh uh to really sort of reclassify the cryptocurrency buyer and seller transaction aspect of the industry. The, the thing that's unique about cryptocurrency is, is that it not only is uh, a medium of exchange, tender, but it is an asset that can be bought and sold as a security, essentially. So it's complicated. And the scary thing about government, in my view, is that it can't keep up with – the the innovation that we humans continue to create, and it, and it's, it poses a problem in that they're so slow, uh, they're so slow even when, even in, in prior decades when the cycles of innovation were also very slow, now they're incredibly rapid. Things happen in a hurry, and the cycle times continue to shrink, and that just puts more pressure on lawmakers. Uh, in in just addressing that to the extent government should even address it. But when you think about what the average member, I think of the Senate, is mid-60s, something to that. And and look, that doesn't mean that you can't know stuff, that you can't educate yourself, that you can't stay current. Uh, That doesn't mean that at all. I mean, I certainly try to. Now, uh, does that mean that uh, there are things I don't know about just because they're not sort of mainstream for my age group? Sure. I think that's fair. But you could also say that younger age groups, there's a lot of stuff they don't know either. They don't have the benefit of years of experience and wisdom. And there's a lot of stuff that's fairly constant. But the good news is, when you get on up there in age... There's so much readily available information. You just have to discipline yourself to keep up. Uh, For what it's worth, I I certainly attempt to do it on a daily basis. I start reading about 4 o'clock in the morning before I come in here. Three or four hours. Just lay in bed, read, read, read. Well, it takes a little effort to do that. But when you realize just how gigantic the universe is and how much stuff is happening on so many fronts, it's hard. That's fine. Admit you just lack those skills or lack uh, proficiency in that area. Get a subject matter expert to help you with that. But don't stand in front of the country and act like, I just know everything about everything. Therefore, I'm going to make laws about cryptocurrency. I have no clue what it is. That's where I have a problem. It's hard to admit. Smart people always admit what they don't know. Dumb people don't. Think about that. We'll come right back on the JT Show. Stay with us.
5: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 20% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 96. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 76. A 30% chance of rain for Wednesday, sunny skies, high near 96. Wednesday evening, partly cloudy, low around 75. And for your Thursday, a slight chance of rain, sunny skies, high near 96. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction. Online at NoDripMS.com. Gulf Seafood Outlet Fresh Gulf Shrimp Gulf Seafood Outlet Fresh Gulf Oysters Gulf Seafood Outlet Your Fresh Seafood Headquarters Gulf Seafood Outlet Highway 51 in Ridgeland just past Lake Harbor Drive 601-790-9407
4: At Allstate we've been saying you're in good hands for a long time But what exactly does that mean? Does it mean you're protected from life's uncertainties? Does it mean you can worry less and live a little more? Does it mean you're not alone, even when things get kind of hard? Actually, yes.
17: Yes, it does. You're in good hands with Allstate
5: consultation
17: 601-864-3752 family termite is a proud vip sponsor of the handyman show on super talk mississippi whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran mississippi's handyman buddy slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each saturday from 10 till noon
6: research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events but thanks to two men in a truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be we have everything you need a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twominitatruck.com for a free no-obligation estimate.
3: Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. You can text the JT Show 601 879
0: 4395. That's 601 879 4395. Now, here's more with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back, everyone. The JT Show Super Talk Mississippi. Let's see here. We got uh, we got lots of stuff rolling in.
2: On I the do ceasefire. have one good yeah. story I want to get to today. Please, to kind of lighten up a little bit. It yep. starts dark. It, it's it's a path down memory lane. That's a dark path, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. You remember back in May. The story out of Tate County about Buddy the dog, the dog that was found, stray dog, golden lab, found with an extension cord wrapped around its neck, and had been set on fire by a 12-year-old. And because of the age of the offender, nothing could be done legally, the dog was taken to Mississippi State Vet School, and I'm happy to announce that as of Saturday, Buddy the dog's bandages have been removed, and he can see. Very his vision cool. is still there. He's a happy pup. He's still on his way to recovery, but kudos to the Mississippi State Vet School. That is awesome. Three and a half months, buddy had to live in darkness Golly. with bandages over his eyes. That's but awesome. But now he's back up and running around. Yes,
1: our our, uh, our gratitude to the vet school for that. That's really cool. That is uh, that is awesome. I'm I'm a dog lover myself, and and. You know, animals, pets in particular, they rely on humans, obviously, for their existence and their welfare, and and it's just it's terrible when you have a situation like that. But so glad that had a positive ending. I'm
2: and sure. if you want to see more on that story, you can go to supertalk.fm. It's right there on the news, and you can see all about Buddy with mm-hmm. his update from the uh, Mississippi State University College of Veterinary Medicine and the Tunica Humane Society.
1: That is awesome. Very cool. At the uh, when we get down to the end of this segment, we got a giveaway. Oh yeah, that we're going to do. Uh, bef- uh, we'll do that right before we crank up the bumper, and it's uh, for a concert. It's coming up on October the sixth. Stay tuned for that. So, who started cryptocurrency? They should explain, says Carol and Starkville. Well,
2: the first uh, cryptocurrency, <laughs> as we know it was Bitcoin is Bitcoin. Yeah. And the inventor of Bitcoin as far as I'm aware has never made a public appearance. I, I don't even right. think we know their real name.
1: The the real uh, underlying framework of cryptocurrency is something called blockchain and that that's really the inherent value and what makes it work. And it's just it's an immutable database if you will where where transactions are constantly added whenever there are transactions involving uh, the cryptocurrency. And those are replicated uh, across the planet in on storage devices, server storage, if you will. And that's what makes it so secure, is that if you were to... It's how it, it stays in balance and stays in check, is that all that information is replicated. But the inventor... It was a a mathematician, I believe, that invented – it's just math, crypto – excuse me, blockchain. That person is known. Right. I mean, that that has a – the person credited with that. But
2: Satoshi, the inventor of Bitcoin, is not
1: publicly known. That's right. So uh, all Satoshi did was take blockchain and figured out a way to make a cryptocurrency out of it. It's it's sort of self governing, self policing, self securing because of the underlying blockchain infrastructure. It's really it's ingenious. Honestly. And the it's pretty cool. the
2: the people that do the computing, the decentralized computing, are considered miners. They're they're called miners. M I N E R S. Miners, miners right. like like mining coal or gold or anything else. Yep. And they get paid based on their number of transactions?
1: It's anomalies. They look for anomalies and um, inconsistencies uh, between the blockchains. It's pretty rare. That's why it's called mining and, and why it requires enormous compute power. You recall Elon Musk says, we ain't doing that blockchain anymore because he learned how much compute power was, was required for the mining, and that translates to more uh, electricity consumption, and that's considered a non-green act. And But he's sort of softened his stance on that uh, since then, uh, and now he's come forward and says, I think I'm going to figure out a way to power all these blockchain systems. Uh, maybe off the grid, which which lots of them actually are. I mean, there there are lots of. Oh yeah, them. there's a
2: video of a, a guy. I think it was in China. He's got it set up by a stream with a little water paddle. Yeah, battery like charging up batteries that are running his his mining out. And if I'm if I'm not mistaken, if you're a miner on the blockchain for Bitcoin, <laughs> you have voting rights on That's the right. governance of Bitcoin. That's right. You're absolutely right. Uh, and so that's a
1: benefit of being a miner. And you're right, they get compensated in the cryptocurrency, whatever the cryptocurrency is that they're mining uh, for. So it that that does get a little wonky. I agree. It's a little complex. But just think of it as a substitute, if you will, for the dollar, which is a it's a currency. The dollar is a currency. This is kind of a substitute for that. And as long as buyers and sellers agree to – to trade with that, it's no different than a buyer and, and seller agreeing to trade with dollars. So it's essentially equivalent. I look at it more that. like
2: digital gold. Like yeah, you have some countries around the world where, like in Dubai yeah. and Qatar it's and true. places like that that are just flush with oil money, the way we have ATMs, they have vending machines that will vend you gold bars to, to barter with. Yep. And... Cryptocurrency is essentially a digital version of that. It's an asset that you can hang on to for its value, or you can spend it like you can the gold bars in the Middle East. Very, very true. That's that's a good way to, uh, I
1: think, equate it. I think that's absolutely right. Have you ever seen the – the uh, is it a mall or something in Dubai that's got the uh, the big ski slopes? you ever seen the pictures of that?
2: I haven't seen that one, but when you said mall in Dubai, I was immediately reminded of They have this big plexiglass box yeah and they've got a gold bar sitting in the middle of this plexiglass box and there's a hole about two and a half three inches round uh, in the plexiglass and you're allowed to reach in and touch the gold bar and the whole gimmick is if you can get the gold bar out you get to keep it (laughs) now remember this is a bar of gold it's pretty heavy and you're only able to get Your wrist in there to get at it. But I've seen a video of a guy actually walking out with the gold bar. So
1: that's bizarre. Uh, It started out, it turns. I just looked it up. It started out as kind of a little uh, sort of model for a a ski slope in a mall, but that is, it it evolved into an indoor ski resort in the middle of the desert. It's 22,500 square meters. A meter is 1.3 yards, I think.
2: Is that right? Yeah, just a little over a yard.
1: Yeah, a little over a yard. 22,500 square meters of indoor ski area. The park maintains a temperature of minus one degrees to two degrees
2: Celsius. We're going to go shopping and hit the slopes. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Ski Dubai. That's how they promote it. You know, for a while there just kind of playing around on YouTube. I like—I think I've shared before, I like to watch uh, music videos. Uh, A lot of live performances from the old days, kind of the music I like. Showing my age there. But anyhow, of course, you have to watch the YouTube ads. You can skip some of them, some of them you have to watch. Well, Dubai, for a while there, was running lots of promotional ads promoting tourism. And they would have... um, You know, Dubai Nationals, handsome folks that are trying to come see my Dubai, you know, and it would show all the European and American tourists coming in, but, uh, of course, they are flush with a bunch of money from all that Earl. Uh, So, really something. Steve says, I'd rather have the coins from John Wick. (laughs) They are pretty valuable coins. Oh, man. Yeah, I agree. Let's see, what is um, Sam from Mount Hermon, Louisiana, on the C Spire text line? Hello, Gerard, here's a question. If the government wants you to pay for the mileage that you drive and then turn around and give it back, Rhino, start the, start the giveaway, if you will. I think we're about out of time. I'll get to this when we come back, Sam.
2: Oh, yeah. We've got a giveaway on October 6th, legendary rock group The Beach Boys. We in Brandon at the Amphitheater. And tickets for the show will go on sale this Thursday at Ticketmaster.com or the Brandon Amphitheater box office. But now you can win a pair of tickets to see The Beach Boys before you can even buy them. So be the 17th person to text in to the C Spire text line 601-879-4395 with the key phrase and you'll win a pair of tickets the key phrase today is surfing usa hmm. and be listening to the show all week for your chance to win more tickets to see the beach boys at the brandon amphitheater on october 6th surfing usa there we go babies
1: <laughs> we'll take a break right here and we'll come right back
25: Hey everybody, Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage and Rocket Companies. Last year we saw historically low mortgage interest rates. In fact, over 1 million homeowners took advantage of refinancing or buying a new home with Rocket Mortgage. What you may not know is that interest rates are already starting to increase again. And it's likely that trend is only going to continue. Our team of experts is standing by to help you save before rates go up. With an official mortgage review from Rocket Mortgage, you'll see just how much money you could save by making a move right now. Don't look back over these next few weeks and wish that you had taken action. You could save hundreds on your mortgage payments or pay off your home loan earlier than planned. You could even take cash out of your home to pay off high interest debt, complete home repairs, or bulk up on an emergency fund. When you want to secure a low rate, Rocket can. Call eight three three eight rocket or visit rocketmortgage.com.
20: Rocket. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states and mlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030.
12: I'm Kelly Bennett and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News Annoyed by robocalls Attorney General Lynn Fitch is joining an effort to demand better
24: protection from the FCC All 51 attorneys general from across the country submitted comments to the agency asking that they shorten the deadline for smaller voice services to implement technology that helps to reduce and eliminate illegal robocalls.
12: Most of the 3,488 new COVID cases being reported to are in the unvaccinated. The small percentage of breakthrough cases typically involve the elderly or those who have weakened immune systems. But Singing River Health System CEO Lee Bond urges you to consider this.
24: We had an 18-year-old that had a heart condition. She had just lived, you know, they were very poor. Her family didn't realize it. She just thought that was the way it was. She had no idea she had a heart condition and she did not make it with COVID. I'm Kelly Bennett.
23: MTV is celebrating 40 years, and Grammy Museum Mississippi invites you to explore the history of this iconic exhibit. In addition, join the Grammy Museum Monday, August 16th, for words and music by singer-songwriter Keith Seitz. And on Sunday, August 22nd, for MTV Stories on Screen, I Still Want My MTV, featuring post-screenings by director Patrick Waldrup. For more details or how to purchase tickets for MTV Turns 40, I Still Want My MTV or other office programs, go to GrammyMuseumMississippi.org or visit Grammy Museum Mississippi on Facebook or Instagram.
1: jt show super talk mississippi gerard and rhino in the studio so we have a winner
2: we do jason from grenada won two, two tickets a pair of tickets to see the beach boys on october 6th at the brandon amphitheater but don't worry we will have more tickets to give away throughout the week wow very cool
1: so some questions about how long does it take to charge an electric current day
2: electric vehicle? An, and an it, hour and a half to 3 hours depending on the model average
1: and the level of charging. Correct. There's also a quick charge but right. batteries have memory and and they uh they don't last as long and they if you quick charge them a lot and they um so you have to do the slow charging, the trickle charge. You have to sort of combine that in with a quick charging as well. Like, I think Tesla calls them superchargers if I'm not mistaken. But here's what I'll say about that, and I think I've talked about this before, but we have a tendency as just normal mortals to think about solving problems with what we understand today and what we have available to us today in terms of technology or innovation or tools, but we, we... I think, need to be more disciplined into thinking about how human problems are solved with human innovation that's not even a twinkle in anybody's eye today. So while it's certainly appropriate to be critical of electric vehicles and the time it takes to charge and the issues with respect to batteries, there's there's mining of the materials issues, there's cost issues, there's... Which, speaking
2: you, of mining, there was a report that Bill Gates and his group want to go mine for uh, lithium and other rare earth metals used in batteries. They want to mine in Greenland. Really? Why? Greenland? Yeah. Why Greenland? They apparently think they can find some there. Okay. Well, it's got kinda, the that's kind of crazy the environmentalist people all up. Oh,
1: there. I'm sure. But and so what I was going to say is, these are technical problems that humans can figure out a way to fix. So electric vehicles today they will not be anything like those in 10 years. It's it's think about your smartphone versus a bag phone and how far we came. I think that I use that as an example because I think most people can identify with that. But this is uh, gosh, it's the world in which I work. My whole career is just can't believe how fast stuff innovates and changes. We were just talking about the the um, terabyte thumb drive, which is like nothing, right? They give them away, and it's interesting because I remember selling big time storage, mainly from a company called EMC. We're talking about what we call spindle storage—that's the traditional mechanical disk drive. And you, you, we would store these. We would sell these gigantic uh, storage platforms that were just chock full of hundreds of these drives, and we call them a storage area network, SAN for short. That stuff doesn't even exist anymore. But, and they cost lots of money. I mean, some storage environments would be millions of dollars. And I always thought, you know, the technology is moving so rapidly. Eventually, this stuff will be free. And guess what? It's free. Storage is virtually free. If you get over a certain level, you might have to pay a tiny bit for it. But you just knew that was coming. And so you kind of have to look at electric vehicles the same way. These are technical problems that will be solved. The charging problems, the, the battery disposal problem, the weight, the mining, the production of batteries, all of those things which are currently an obstacle, they'll just be solved. We'll figure out a way to fix that.
2: Apparently, IBM was the first to break the one-gigabyte barrier on a hard disk drive. In 1980, the IMB, or IBM 3380 could store 2.52 gigabytes, or as they said, 2.52 billion characters of information. <laughs> Do you, you want to know how much it cost and how much it weighed? Uh, I, I rem- Go ahead and tell me. So it weighed, uh, it's about the size of a refrigerator, the uh, yeah, whole I'm thing weighed a about 550 pounds, and it would run you, depending on the bells and whistles, between $500,000 and a cool million dollars. I remember 40 meg, 40 meg uh,
1: drives with platters that you just, I don't know that you could fit on this desk right here that I'm on. They were 50, 60,000 bucks back in the... Uh, early 80s. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just an example of how how innovation and and technology has just solved that problem. But here's the deal 2.5 gig back then that was a lot because all of our information was character based. The amount that it takes to store character based information, say accounting information, numbers. Relative to all this graphical content, we had and video content. Yeah, I was about to say that
2: that million-dollar hard drive in 1980 that held 2.52 gigabytes—that's about half of a DVD.
1: Right, but that could run a fortune company back in those days because all the information was.
2: Nowadays, you wouldn't get all of the Matrix. (laughs)
1: That's exactly right. Yeah, so when you look at rich,
2: what we call rich content
1: like that, and the, so it's a constant cat-and-mouse game. Fol- folks come up with, you know, it'd be kind of cool if we could, instead of producing these vinyl albums, which tend to uh, to sort of wear out, and thus the sound deteriorates, and we got to have these, these needles and clean them and all that crap. Wow, I wonder if we could figure out a way to digitize that and turn it into permanent bits. Ones and zeros. Oh, there's only one problem. We don't have anything to play that, and we don't have enough storage to store it. So the storage guys say, "You know what? I bet we can figure out a way to convert from this spindle storage to uh, mass storage that is is static and doesn't require all the mechanical people." You see how that works? And so and then the then the guy said, "Well, man, I want to start putting movies out there now." So it and that's similar to what will happen with respect to electric vehicles it just will and I'm not making a promotional speech for electric vehicles I'm just simply pointing out that it's it's risky for us to get stuck in what we know of today and say well, that's why it'll never work because somebody will figure out how to make that work just it just always happens that's the good news and it's I think represents the innovation that can be produced in a free market. The risk is the government gets involved and the government intrudes uh, to the point where the innovators just say, well, I ain't going to do that because what? What? why would I want to do that? The government is going to take it all from me. That's the risk that the fools that, that uh, make all these laws in Washington don't get. Get the hell out of the way and let them innovate. Oh, I'm sorry, they might get rich if they figure out a way to turn a half a million dollar disk drive of two and a half gig to something you hold in your hand is free. They might get rich if they figure that out. Oh, woe is us for that, right? Why can't they get that? We're all better off, significantly better off from all of these incredible inventions. And have you noticed where does it all come from? The vast majority of it from here. From here, but why do we always point to all these other countries? That's the model. All the other de- I get so sick of that. Well, all the other developed countries have this and that, and the, all these other programs. Yeah, but they don't produce squat. They they have no innovation.
2: And no if invention. they do, it's in a specialized industry that they have thrown their entire GDP at. Exactly. And you know, like something- electronics from Japan. That's exactly they right. They make quality electronics in Japan, but they also spent a couple of generations making sure they did. That's absolutely true. They were willing to sacrifice to do that to become but what
1: that made them as the world's greatest manufacturer. Yeah, of they, those they electronics. still didn't
2: develop a didn't whole heck of it. a lot. I mean, you you think of something that seemed revolutionary at the time like the Nintendo entertainment system that was a home computer system that they repurposed, refashioned and made more user friendly.
1: Absolutely true. And and they were uh, they their, their automobile industry was launched, right, by taking what was being made in America in Detroit and they just they just uh, uh, re-engineered it, reverse engineered it and then re-engineered it. To make a better mousetrap. That's what. That's what essentially launched it. But you know what happened in America is you got McKinsey, Democrats' favorite consultant, telling all these car companies you need to just outsource all that and make it okay. Well, you did, and now you're paying the price for it. And then the unions just beat them up to the point where they couldn't compete with uh, the the labor from abroad, and Americans said, I, you know what, I want better products at a cheaper price. That's just the way the world market works. And then the union steps in and says, we need protection, protectionism. So that's a whole other subject for another day. But just circling back to the point, don't think about what is available today. If things are going to change rapidly, dramatically, for the better and that's what you have to hang your hat on is better days are ahead. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Final segment. Oh.
10: We believe you can't put a price on love.
12: That's why we built a better way to buy a
1: diamond. Juniker Jewelry. Mississippi's direct diamond importer. With ten times the selection of diamonds, diamond engagement rings, and wedding bands, you'll find in average jewelry stores.
12: Beautiful, affordable engagement rings she'll love. Complete with your center diamond starting at less than $1,000. Case after case of gorgeous rings.
3: All priced. $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 and up.
12: And with Junica's flexible financing, you can give her a one carat diamond for as little as $84 a month
1: with approved credit. We have an engagement ring for every couple. I'm Rachel. And I'm John Ravenstein. It doesn't matter who you are, what your budget is, or where you are in life. If you're in love, we have a diamond engagement ring for you. Junica Jewelry.
0: Mississippi's direct diamond importer. 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison and junikerjewelry.com For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk.
5: Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk, voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the reservoir, Pocahontas and 1 mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to
0: Cock of the Walk. I like
14: chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies.
3: Gallo here with a word for business owners about direct primary care from TrustCare, Mississippi's walk-in health clinic leader. Direct primary care reduces your health care costs for employees by 40%, and they get fast, anytime access to their primary care doctor without co-pays. Deductibles or unexpected medical bills all for under $70 per month. Give it a shot. Call 601-707-3370 or visit TrustCareHealth.com.
15: See how our fiber solutions can help power your success at ceasefirebusiness.com.
0: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi.
1: on the J.T. Show, a little closer to home. Mark, Don, and Mel. They of Grand Funk Railroad. Saw him perform here in like 1971 at the Coliseum. Farner comes out. He's the guitarist. He always performs shirtless. Had a long stringy kind of hair, but incredibly talented guitarist, and he, he comes out, and the body of his electric guitar, I'm not sure if it was a Telecaster or whatever the Fender models are, but anyhow, it was Mirror, and part of the show was, this is before you had all the fancy you know lights and production you have today, part of the show was, they had Spotlights, up in the rafters, you know, in the Coliseum. It would shine on. And man, when he pointed that thing at your eyes, it would like blind you sitting up in the stands or in the in the audience there. Uh, yeah, great show. Mark Farner. Anyhow, digressing a little bit about the old days. Great tune. Uh, Mother Necessity is alive and well in a capitalistic society. Curtis and Biloxi. Totally agree. Totally agree, Curtis. And uh, someone wrote in about, what about, uh, asked about uh, installing solar panels on And that's an
2: idea that's been around for several years now. In fact, if I'm not not mistaken, Mississippi State had a couple world records for solar-powered cars at their CADS lab with the car of the future. But if I'm not mistaken, they never were able to put enough solar panels on the car at our current solar panel technology to get enough oomph out of it to really yeah. do a whole lot, but they still did better than everybody else in that field. Now I think they are directing their car of the future research at advanced hybrid engines with part electric, part, part gas. gas. Yeah, okay, makes sense. So,
1: and that could just be a, a phase in of of uh, perhaps ultimate conversion to EVs. Uh, you know. Again, these are just technical problems, I think, that get worked out. I really do believe that. David in Indianola says, How is California going to charge the cars with rolling blackouts in the summer? (laughs) That's a good point. Uh, You know, the interruptions in power, electrical service, in uh, the the Golden State, I think present a problem for uh, Governor Newsom who is uh, facing a recall election here soon. You know, I keep seeing the polls. Larry Elder on the Republican ticket. He, of course, a talk show host and uh, uh, African-American journalist, political pundit. He's got a good chance, it seems, uh, to maybe make something happen. Can you imagine a Republican governor, one with common sense the way uh, Elder has it? Oh, but wait, he's a black man. He can't get elected. The deck is stacked. Systemic racism. he got no chance. Horse hockey, people. Nobody cares. You're so wrong about that. You liberal elitist fools. I'm so sick of that. I lived in California. I'd vote for the guy in a heartbeat. I think many conservatives were. Because we don't care about his race. Oh, by the way, Newsom, what's he? He's white. He's a hack. He's a hypocrite. He's an idiot. That's what he is. And I don't call people idiots too often, but... I try to stay away from that sort of rhetoric, but that guy's terrible. He's hurt that state a lot in a lot of ways. So, yeah, some other folks by the way have been texting in that Cuomo resigned and yeah, I know everybody doesn't listen to the whole show uh, can't if but you should, of course. You should listen to the entire show. We've been talking about that. Yeah, it's big news today and it has been solid on the tube here in the studio. Uh, this discussion. I mean, it is gigantic news. It's effective in 14 days. So I wonder how it works in New York. The lieutenant governor, I assume, would take uh, take the governor's office.
2: Yeah, but he mentioned he wants it to be a seamless transition between him and the lieutenant governor.
1: And then, but and they've got an election scheduled. Is it in 22? Perhaps because I think the candidates are suiting up. Are they not? that we shall see where that goes um, anyhow
2: yeah coming up in November
1: yeah all right in 21 or two 22 22 yes yeah, what I thought there because they're all mounting their campaigns but uh, we'll see what happens there and there and there's some interesting candidates uh, there's a, a Republican member of the house his name escapes me of the U.S. House I think that's running for governor as well uh, governor in California. Uh, excuse me, New York. There is a whole big old long it's like 40 list or something, of potential candidates. <laughs> Everybody wants that governor's mansion in Albany. Folks, thanks so much for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Tomorrow, I will be remote down at the Dixie Youth World Series in Laurel. Rhino will take care of business here. Stay safe and God bless everyone.